and welcome to Love is on the Air, where everything's censored except the swear words. I'm your host, Jill, and I'm here with my producer, Eric. Hey, I'm here. What up? Yo. How you doing over there? I'm good. How about you? I'm chilling on a bed. I'm great. I've got my box wine sitting next to me. Pretty excited about it. Cool. Even though it is... me anything to drink. It's true. I was very selfish today, and it is the middle of the day. I just want everyone to know. <laughs> I am not shy. Um, okay, so today we're here with our guest, who will be known as Marby. She is a 27-year-old beautiful woman who is married. And Marby, we start every single episode out with asking our guest to create their own sensor noise mm. that we will use whenever we accidentally say someone's real name, which happens a lot. <laughs> I, I dig it. it. I so like it. So please make your noise now. Hmm. Noise. Choose wisely. Uh, um, um, Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I love it. It's perfect. Um. So, I'm going to do a little icebreaker for you. Okay. If you could be any supernatural or fictional creature, what would you be and why? Uh, hmm. You know, I feel like saying a dragon would be pretty cool. Um, dragons are very hip. They're very in right now. Um, but I'm going to have to go with uh, an elf, a high elf to be. Um, a high elf, as in yes. on marijuana. Um, well, no, <laughs> as in uh, more of the, the the royal lineage. Ah, yes, yes. You know, very pristine. Why? Yeah. Like hanging out with Elrond and. Yeah, you know, just getting down. You know, shooting some arrows. Me and Legolas, best pals, frolicking in the woods. You know, it's just that's that's just my that would be the dream for me. Sail off on a boat and live for eternity and stuff mm. like that. So good. Yeah, definitely an elf. Definitely. Okay, so how tall are you in real life? I am 5'9". So you'd have to shrink down quite a bit. No, 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 no. I do not have... That's a that's a dwarf. Why do I think elves <laughs> are short? You're thinking of, um, like, the Keebler elf. What is that? You're thinking of a hobbit. I am thinking, of, thinking a of a hobbit. You're right. Hobbit. Okay, okay. Nah, no. They, they, they got height. Okay. Like, elves have like height. Like, Santa elves are very small. Oh, yeah. Toy, like, toy. Not a toy elf. I'm a high elf. I don't know the correct distinction between them, but that's you're thinking of like Santa elf or yeah. a Keebler elf. I'm thinking a cross between Keebler Santa elf. elf with a hobbit. Oh, I don't know why. I would destroy some grasshoppers right now. Grasshoppers? <laughs> that's what they're called. What? The grasshopper cookies. The chocolate mini mint cookies that you throw in the oh, fridge and get them cold. They're like Girl Scout cookies, the mint. Didn't, I've never so heard of grasshoppers. Keeblers are called the grasshoppers. You can get those year round, boy. Oh, is that what Keebler is? That cookie brand? Yeah. The okay. little in the cookie tree, they make the cookies in the tree. You said Keebler, and I just got more law. <laughs> but I get it now. So, Marby is one of my friends, and she's only... How old are you? <laughs> I'm only 27. Only 27. She's, like, one of two friends I have that is married. <gasps> Whoa. Okay, so, <laughs> tell me about you growing up like so high school boyfriends until you get to your hubby oh, we'll man. call him arnold get arnold. It? Helga and arnold that's <laughs> such a great name um well before i was married slash dating arnold um i was homeschooled so i was super awkward um definitely very 
unattractive to the opposite sex for many, many years. <laughs> um, but I actually, actually ended up getting a high school boyfriend um, from 16, age 16 through uh, 20. He won my heart in a church basketball league, co-ed basketball league, by giving me a pack of Snickers. Book and I was it. like, this guy knows what to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like I had one boyfriend. We dated for four years, like I said, 16 through 20. Um, uh, then we just realized we wanted different things, broke up, and um, kind of, I actually met, well, I've known, oops, I actually met Arnold forever ago. Um, we'd known each other since middle school. But um, we reconnected in my 20s and uh, I was still dating my boyfriend at the time when uh, I asked Arnold to come be in a band that I was in. And I kind of like started developing feelings for him while I was with my ex. So slippery slope. Yeah, yeah. I, I was being that. <laughs> I fell for the guitar guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I did the whole typical thing that common. You should, yeah, you should never do. You should never, ever date someone in your band. I mean, it worked out for me, but, yeah. but right. friends, um, don't do it. <laughs> but yeah, so I just have one, one guy. That was it. It makes sense that you broke up though, because those are such formative years. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we both thought we wanted the same things. Uh, and then, um, some stuff just happened when I was in college. Uh, my life ended up going a direction I did not anticipate. Um, started doing more stuff with music, and my ex was just very focused on us getting married, having kids, you know, be, me being like the stay-at-home perfect little wife. And while, you know, I was about those things, um, I wasn't about them at that time. His time frame was different than mine, and it just didn't work out. And we both ended it, like, amicably. Like, it was, it was a mutual split, and, like, we both understood, and... You know, we didn't get to do the whole friends thing for the most part. Like, we weren't really buddies afterwards, um, which kind of was a bummer. Like, I really loved his family, and I still cared for him, obviously. But, yeah, we we had the same friends, and every time we saw each other, he, like, would go so out of his way to make sure I knew that he was ignoring me, and it would oh, just made things, like, super, super awkward. awkward <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good times, but, yeah, no, just... Just, just him. It was just him, and yeah, I, I'm kind of, I'm really glad that that happened. Obviously, but yeah, you know, just picturing what my life would be like now, well, I would I probably like, have like four kids by now, yeah. and like just oh not have any idea what to do with my life. <laughs> I think it's so hard sometimes for certain people to like to visualize a life that doesn't have like a concrete plan. Like yeah. you go to college get a degree in science and then go do science work and then you can do this, this and this. But like with music, everything is so up in the air. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, that's that's kind of the, the nature of the beast. There is no certainty. There are no guarantees. Uh, you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants like at all times. Um, and you're constantly just, it's one of those things, you know, that cliche thing where they say, hurry up and wait. That's exactly what the music industry is. You're working and working and working for potentially no reward. Um, but I think that's where it really kind of, you really figure out who's in it because they're in it because they love it and they're passionate about it. And people that are just in it because it's more of like a hobby or they think it's going to be a way for them to make money. Like that really kind of like divides and separates people. So that's what it definitely did for, for me. (laughs) So you broke up with that guy and then she was in your band and you guys, how long did you wait? Oops, Arnold. How long did you, (laughs) how long did you wait? 
before you started actually officially dating? Oh, um, let me think about that. So I was still with my ex when I had asked Arnold to come to a band practice and try out. And it was one of those things where I don't know if he'll, I, he hasn't actually told this side of the story and I haven't heard it, but we've talked about it like together and I think it's mutual. But like when I saw him, like the second I saw him, it was like, it was like so clear cut. It was one of those automatic instant attractions. And I just looked at him and I was like, wow, I, I was just instantly drawn to him. And I was like, if, if love in first sight is a thing, it's happening to me. Um, and he says that he kind of felt the same. And I ended up actually taking him home that night because he uh, didn't have a vehicle. So I was taking him home. And while I was in the car, I was telling him about <laughs> how much I was so like how miserable I was <laughs> with my current boyfriend. And I was like, just waiting to meet the right person. You know? wink, wink. And like, he's, <laughs> he was like, oh, man, I totally picked up on that because he says he felt the exact same way. He was also dating somebody. And there, like I said, there's just this really crazy instant connection and um yeah <laughs> it just thinking back on that I totally forgot about all that but yeah it was good stuff I really liked that I like thinking about that it's nice it, it is brings nice. back good feelings it, it does, does. Yeah, yeah it does I forgot about all okay that. so how long did you two date oh yeah so I forgot where I was going with that yeah so I took him home like that night and then like three days later I ended up breaking up with my boyfriend because I, I felt like I was cheating on him like emotionally and um yeah so we broke up and then the day that we broke up I went over to Trump's house and he did the whole like cliche like let's watch a movie and chill and I was like okay. Netflix and chill yeah and we like sat on the couch and then like he did the whole like turn my head and like tuck like grab Aww. my chin and like tilt my head up and gave me like this cute little like small kiss and like oh my god, oh my god. it's it, too cute I it was it was it. really cute and I, I was so flustered but I ended up like telling him that night I was like I really, really liked that kiss, and I think I really, really like you, but this way too soon. <laughs> I felt, even though I had broken up with my ex, I even felt like I owed him to, like, wait. I to was like, grieve. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I can't be that kid that, like, goes from, like, guy to guy to guy to guy to guy kind of a thing. Um, but, yeah, so we actually ended up, like, formally, like, coming out and dating about a month or two afterwards, but we practically started dating almost immediately. There was, there was no rest time for both of us. Yeah. He broke up with his when, as soon as he found out I broke up with my boyfriend. He broke up with his girlfriend, so. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was pretty quick. <laughs> and so how was it going forward? Um, we, it was very intense. Um, like, you know, like I said, we were just very drawn with one another. We were very physical with one another, very passionate. Um, uh, we just got along really, really, really well, um, but I think sometimes when you're stuck in that puppy love mode, you kind of you kind of look over some things that could yeah. be problematic. Oh, for sure. Um, which we definitely did do. There was some stuff that I would notice about him and that he would notice about me that we kind of sweep under the rug because we were just so attracted to one another. We'd, and um, But yeah, we ended up dating for like a year, maybe a little over a year. And then... Um, we just had a lot of conflicts uh, with our band. Our band started getting really popular. He was the guitarist in it. I was the lead singer. Uh, we started having a lot of conflict. And I felt like my opinions weren't being 
taken into consideration that nobody was listening to me, primarily Arnold. Like, I was really upset that the person that I loved and cared about the most in the world, I felt like he didn't care about what I had to say, um, that he would shoot down anything I would try to suggest or make me feel inadequate or inferior. So we ended up just like bickering and fighting about that all the time. And finally, I was just like, I think until like I learn to respect myself and you learn to respect me a little more, we're just going to have to take a break. And we ended up breaking up for seven or eight months. Wow. And that was awful because we were oh, still in the band, band together. together. Oh, no. Band practices <laughs> were the worst. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That sounds so terrible. Yeah, yeah, it was awful. I mean, and we didn't talk much because I, I had asked him. I was like, because in my head, when you break up, like, it's done. Like, I didn't want, I also didn't want to be that kid that broke up, got back together, broke up, got back together. So I was, in my head, like, that was it. So I was like, hey, you know, I'll see you at band practice. I'll see you at shows but like let's not like unless it's band related like let's not chat yeah um I think that was smart yeah um he wasn't very good at it in the beginning I I'm it's weird I have like this switch that if necessary I can turn off turn on and off this emotional switch when it comes to things that are um really sensitive to me and I don't know what that is it's probably not a good thing but I can do it so I just flipped a switch and was like that's it you're not gonna, I didn't not love him. Yeah. But I was able to get myself in that mindset of you just cannot speak to him. So you're just not going to do it. So I didn't. And, but he would be constantly like reaching out and like trying to text me or like telling me I looked good or like all this stuff. And it was not making it easy for me at all. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Not at all. Too little. <laughs> too late. Yeah. yeah. But it ended up being where he did like a real spiritual overhaul and it ended up being where um, I think that was the biggest thing that we were missing was, um, we we're both Christians, but we didn't really act like it in our relationship. And I think for us, that's really what the like separating force was, was we weren't putting God first, um, which is where we were like falling in temptation and we were getting angry at one another and cause we just didn't have God at the center. So it ended up, he got more involved at the church we both went to, um, and was really trying to listen to what God wanted him to do. And God was really working in Arnold, like so like softening his heart and just teaching him respect for people in general to just listen. Yeah. Um, and I could tell the change. He was kinder. He was softer. He was gentler with everyone, not just me. Um, and I really noticed that change. And um, we started hanging out again. And after that, we ended up getting back together. And ever since then, it's been fantastic it's going on seven years now whoa yeah seven, seven years, years together, together eight years almost actually uh and then uh three married we'll be three married this year okay so how long were you dating before he he asked you to marry him right yeah 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 how long were you dating very traditional that? uh total excluding the breakup excluding okay excluding the breakup uh about three over a little over three years okay about, yeah, like, well, not a little over. It was almost, it was closer to four years. And you yeah. didn't live together or anything? No. No, didn't live together. Uh, he actually proposed to me the day I moved down here, down to Nashville from Kentucky. Um, and then we did the whole, like, nine-month uh, long-distance relationship thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. It wasn't that bad. We saw, we saw each other, like, once every 
month and a half or so. Month, month and a half. It wasn't well, not that long of a drive either. No, it was just about three hours. So it wasn't bad. It was easy to make it work. We were both very committed. So, so um, I would love to hear how, how. So how old were you? How old were you when he asked you to marry him? 23. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> I would love to hear it. Like, how did you know that you were ready for that? Like, oh, uh, it's just so I, young. I knew that I was going. It's so weird. Like, even though we we broke up, it's it's going to sound, I'm going to sound so contradicting here. But like, even though we, we had broken up, I'm, I still go back to that first night that I saw him. There was just something in my heart that told me, this is, this is your future husband. This, this is your future life partner. And. I had always known that that Arnold was going to be uh, in my life forever. Um, so, but really, it started to hit me hard, like that desire to be a wife when we were like 21, 22, and he started touring, and he was gone six to eight weeks, like continuously. And I think that really opened his eyes too, because he wasn't he wasn't as focused on that stuff. I mean, we're both young, but he just kind of has a different background than I did and was raised a little bit differently. So like the importance and like the institution of marriage just like wasn't as ingrained in his head as it was in mine. So I don't think the idea of marriage really meant a lot to him until he was gone and it kind of realized what he actually wanted in his life. And that was to be a husband too and still have his career and you know a family and I mean, you can have all those things it's yeah. just about it's just about balance yeah yeah um so you got engaged mm-hmm. how long before you were married nine months we got engaged in september and then we got married in june so what is that september november december january february march april may june yeah nine months um did you get married here or did you get married in Kentucky? No, no we, we did, did a destination, destination wedding, actually. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we we uh, we wanted a really, really small wedding. Um, my side of the family, uh, my sweet, sweet mother kind of wanted this big shindig. And I was really not about it. Um, I wanted it to be extremely small and really intimate. And um, we ended up deciding on a beach wedding. Um, uh, we went down to the place that my family vacations every year. So it was really sentimental for me. Um, and we got married on the beach at sunset. Aww. It was so sweet. We had the like 50, 60 people there. Half of them were at our wedding party. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, one way Ridiculous. to weed out people. Ridiculous. Oh my a plane ticket. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that was the plan. It was like, let's do this wedding and invite like 100 people because maybe a third of them will like drive or fly down to Florida. Nobody wants to do that. Like... This will be great. This will be the way to kind of like low key weed people out <laughs> without actually like being that. Not dark. inviting and, them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Sneaky. That sounds so nice. It was. It was beautiful. It was one of the one of the best days of my life for sure. Um, Arnold will tell you differently. Oh, <laughs> what the heck, Arnold? You little yeah, football he will, he will tell you differently, and Eric can probably attest to that too. But yeah, uh, Eric was in uh the wedding party he was a groomsman um but yeah he says that that day he was like contemplating whether or not he wanted to do it and he says it wasn't because of like marrying me it was just the whole idea of just being married and people watching him get married and 
pressure and just all this kind of stuff. And he was just like, I don't know. Typical if this dude. Is, yeah, he was like, I don't know if this is the birthday. He said he barely remembers that day. Aww. The guys were like giving him shots and stuff to calm his nerves. So he could have been like a little bit tipsy up at the aisle. I don't even know. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I will be. Yeah. It's Can you attest to that? Um, I honestly don't remember much of that day either. Like, wow, <clears throat> looks like Eric was drunk. <laughs> you were supplying him with the alcohol. <laughs> no, I really wasn't. I think it was just a, you know, on a day like that, you just wake up and you have one thing that you like. You only have one thing you're doing that day. It kind of just probably flies by till that moment. That's um, true. So yeah, I, I mean, I remember waking up. We all stayed uh, in a hotel, like all the groomsmen did. And uh, I remember us all waking up and like going and jumping on Shut in his bed and being like, "Today's the day! Today's the day! Today's the day!" Oh and my um, gosh. <clears throat> and he started crying. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. He, was, he started crying and he was like, "Guys, I can't do this." No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. Um, oh. But. Yeah, the only other thing I remembered is that it rained, like... It did. That did suck. Right before the ceremony, which is that... Isn't that a song? Isn't is that it? Alanis Morissette? Oh, it's a fire! Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like rain on your wedding day, but... Yeah. It's supposed to be a good... I don't know. He probably, if I had to guess, I would say that he wasn't, like, contemplating whether or not he wanted to marry you. He yeah. just, like... I think it's just the whole idea. Was scared. Of, He's kind of, uh, you know... Our friends group, like a select few of us, are all the same in the way that we don't like the attention to be on us in that way. Yeah, totally. Like I, I can, I can for sure say, like if I was getting married, I would feel sick the entire day just because I knew that there was going to be a half hour in that day where every single person <laughs> was looking at me, to watching you. Yeah. Literally yeah. coming <laughs> from performers. I just want to state that. <laughs> It's a different, like you it's said, so different. different. It's a totally but it's different so kind of weird. attention. Yeah. I don't even really know how yeah. to explain it, but it is. Yeah. It's because when you're when you're in a band, like it's easy to view it as people are watching you as a group. That's true. Not just you. It's more localized <laughs> attention. And especially, I mean, obviously, there's a ton of pressure on the the woman at, in a marriage, but. For the guy, people are watching him. I was going to oh, say, I feel like there's way more pressure on the dude during so? a ceremony. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> people are like, oh, what does he look like? Does he look yeah, prepared? Yeah, they want to see if is he's he going to cry. They want to yeah. see if he's smiling. What does his face look like when he yeah, sees you? Like, that's right. what they, like, yeah. I feel bad for the guys like when they get married. at that Because, I mean, everyone knows that the, I mean, well, not everyone, but. <laughs> the bride's just going to be like, woo, the whole time going down the aisle. So, I mean, yeah. she's not excited to watch. Everybody wants to see what the dude's doing. Right. I mean, that's what I do when I go to weddings. I'm looking straight at the guy. I'm like, what you going to do? <laughs> she look what good? you looking at? Yeah, she, she look, look good. good. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. Are you pleased? Yeah. yeah. Are you pleased? Are you ready for that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, that was not his favorite day in the world. Huh? That's so funny. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So, you've been married for almost three years. Yes, ma'am. Let's talk about how everyone says, as soon as your honeymoon is over and you're married, mm -hmm. you never have sex again. <laughs> <laughs> Please um, debunk this for so, me. You know, it, I think that that kind of uh, saying applies differently to each couple. I think each couple functions very, very differently. Um you know, the one thing that I was a bit paranoid was, um, you know, paranoid about was 
people kept telling us, oh, the first year of marriage is the worst. It's the hardest. So yeah. many couples divorce their first year of marriage. It's so hard. Be prepared because you're going to have to really work for it. So I was kind of like, I was both excited to be married, but in the back of my head, I was like, okay, we're going to get married. And then like two weeks later, everything's going to go to hell. Like, <laughs> like, well, like what's going to happen here? But you know, that is just not, I don't know who came up with that. Um, you know, marriage is about compromise. Um, marriage is about working with each other. And I think that's something that Arnold and I do really, really, really well. Um, there are definitely times where we butt heads. Um, you know, it, it's inevitable. It happens. Yeah. Um, but we're at the, you know, at the end of the day, we are best friends. Like he is my best friend in the entire world. We do everything together. We have the same sense of humor. Um, love the same things, love eating a lot of the same things, going to the same places, same friends, same beliefs, you know, all that stuff. And I think at the end of the day, a lot of people, when they get married, they're not, they're not marrying their best friends. They're marrying someone that they're just like in love with, which I don't think that's the key. You have to, you have to be married to someone who's so compatible with you and you're not just doing it because you have that little warm feeling in your belly or you, you think you're getting too old, so you might as well go ahead, or this is what your mom likes, so you should go do it. Um, but the first year of marriage was actually, it's been my favorite so far. We're going on year three, and uh, first year was the best. It was exciting. We were living together. We were figuring out, like, each other's weird quirks and, like, routines and like he hates it when I don't immediately load the dishes into the dishwasher. It drives him insane. And I'm like, it's fine. I'll just rinse it off and then I'll load it in there later. And he's like, why don't you just do it now? And it's like just these weird little quirks. So like he always has to make the bed every single morning. It has to be immaculate before he leaves or it's just it'll drive him what crazy. What if you're still in it? Does he well, make besides, you in the bed? Besides that, like if if he would Mary get Beth, up, if, take a deep breath and <laughs> if he, he would only can't breathe under the covers, like if he would get up before me and then I would get up, he would expect me to make the bed and like put all the pillows on there, which that wasn't something I used to do. Like, I mean, it's just when we just we just have fun. I mean, it's just a great time. We were excited to be married, and um, we were excited to experience this new chapter, and we've been waiting for it for so long. Um. It was just, I mean, it was just the greatest. So that part, that part um, is totally not true. But the sex, like the sex thing, um, you know, we, we were, we're very passionate about one another and that kind of thing. But like, we were never like going at it like rabbits. Like it wasn't like, you know, oh, got to have sex every day, five times a day. Like the first couple months, it was probably like every other day, maybe like three or four times a week. And like I was a virgin beforehand, so I had no idea what to do. I mean, I had the basic human instinct and I had the knowledge from MTV. <laughs> that was about it. And like every stupid rom-com that you ever watch, like that's what I knew what to do. So, um, I mean, the sex, yeah, like it, it can drop off, but I don't think that has anything to do with losing affection for one another. It just, it just, it just happens. You don't, I feel like a lot of people feel like if you don't have sex, then your marriage is going down the hill, like downhill. I, I, I don't believe that that's true. I think sex is a very spiritual and um, it's a very bonding experience. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that it's something that should just be 
thrown around like all the time. I don't think, I think I like it. I actually prefer that we have it less because when we do have it, it's so special. Yeah, it is. It's really special. It's really bonding. It's really um, just very intimate and very connecting. And I, I, I prefer it that way. I don't, I would hate it if we had sex every day, to be quite honest. And you're like, oh, well, this again. Yeah, it just takes all of, it just takes all the goodness out of it. Yeah. It really yeah. does. It just demonetizes so, it. Was it really difficult? Okay, wait. How long were you homeschooled? Whole life. All the way up to college. Really? Yeah. Okay. So was so it wasn't that hard for you? Oh, I suppose you did have a boyfriend to stay mm-hmm. a virgin until you got married. Yeah. My first boyfriend, he was a preacher's kid. So So that was not hard at yeah, all. So I mean, it was a little more awkward because we had like the uh raging hormones of a teenager kind of yeah. a thing sometimes, but like we never took it very far. Uh, we would just like make out and maybe like some heavy petting. But I would, I would, ne- I never touched him. Like as far as like touching the wang or oh, doing Lord anything. I, I never <laughs> did that stuff. I was terrified <laughs> that I would be like <laughs> smited or smote or struck down by smote. God or my dad would find out. Yeah. Well, no, never. But, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, with, with, with. Arnold, that was a little bit of a different story. I was talking about giving into temptation. We yeah. we basically almost did everything but have actual sex. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's I I do regret that a little bit. You know, we were just so attracted to each other. We just did not care about, and like that was what I even said. Like before we got together, like not that he had a reputation but i knew that he let me just say i knew he was experienced okay yeah yeah <laughs> i knew that he was and i knew that i wasn't well so, you know which is good for you yeah so <laughs> i like laid down the law i was like hey if we do this i'm saying you know i'm a virgin and i'm not having sex before i get married and he was totally like such a gentleman he was totally okay with that and he was like yeah, I wish, you know, I wish that with my last girlfriend that I didn't, not the one that he dated before me, but he had like a, a long-term girlfriend similar to what I had, uh, three or four years, something like that. Um, he was like, I wish I, we hadn't. It's one of the biggest regrets of like our relationship was me doing that. And I totally respect it. And I don't want to either. And I was like, great. But we did, like I said, everything else. You but are we were human. Just, yeah, I mean, we did the whole like, we... <laughs> We even got, we even did the whole like pull into the back of a parking lot and then like a police officer came and I was like, oh my on gosh. top of him, like hardcore making out. Oh yeah, it was the worst. And that dude happened to go to our church, the police officer. Oh no. Yeah, so that was a really bad day. I like begged him to not tell my dad. I was like, please don't please. tell my dad, yeah, sir, like, please. I was like, I'll almost do anything. Just please don't tell my dad. What did, what did the police officer say to you all? I remember i i just remember seeing headlights and us thinking like oh somebody else is pulling into the parking lot like not thinking it was a police officer but just thinking it was somebody else um and i remember the car pulled in the parking lot and i think the officer turned his lights on and then i was like ah oh, god so i'm like trying to like <laughs> i'm like I'm like jumping off of the passenger seat into the driver's seat and I'm like 
trying to like pull my shirt down and like kind of zhuzh up my hair and like look a little more presentable and I'm like trying to smack my face because I'm like all red and flustered and I'm like oh my god what do we do what do we do what do we do and he like comes over and I mean I think that, I don't even remember when it was but whenever it was it was the car was completely fucked up so I mean yeah. it was ob totally obvious so he like comes over and like brings out his flashlight and I can't see who it is um I didn't know him actually and neither did Arnold we we didn't know who he was but he said that he went to the church and then of course that next Sunday I saw him and I was oh, like oh gosh <laughs> yeah, yeah it sucked but he, he he like rolled down the window and was I, I can't remember I can't remember what the officer said but he just said something like you know you kids can't be doing this back what here what are you kids doing yeah, back like here? something like that and we were like we're so out so so sorry and I think I think one of us and probably was me because I can be a little manipulative I'm pretty sure I said something like he asked us what we're doing and I was like we're just we're watching for deer. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said something like that. Um, and, I, and he was just like, well, whatever you guys are doing, you need to cut it out and you need to leave. And I was like, yes, sir. Absolutely, sir. Yes, sir. Like, no problem. Oh my God. That's really that funny. So that happened to me once, too. And the officer, really? yeah, the officer came <laughs> up and me and the girl were both in the backseat of the car. Okay. Yeah, we weren't in the backseat. So the officer came up and like. And shine his flashlight in, and we rolled down the window. And he was like, "What are you kids doing?" And I, I think both of us said zero words. <laughs> and, and then he was just like, "You guys just talking?" And we were, oh, and we were like, "Yeah, dude." Yeah. Oh. And he was like, "Okay, have a good night." And then oh, he yeah. went away. No, oh, man, um, that, the officer told us to leave. He was like, "Y'all need to get out." Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, and he he yeah, asked for our, like our IDs and like he saw my ID and he was like, "Oh, you go to Capital City oh, Christian Lord. Church, huh?" And I was like, "Oh, I know your daddy." Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah," and he was like, "I go there too." And I was like, "No!" <laughs> it was so bad. I was on the worship team, like I was one of the worship leaders for like the the youth or whatever, and I was so just oh, I was so mortified. It was terrible. You guys obviously don't know what you're doing in cars no. because let me There's tell you no room i have to use both hands <laughs> to count how many times things have happened in a car and i was never caught oh, oh you're, you're never, never caught? caught never ever oh. not even almost caught wow just maybe by like a human on accident but not any Dang. policeman wow good for you so, i mean were you like in your driveway no oh god no that would be archives. way more scary I'd be that's way that's scared. Where we went. We went oh, to archives. Well, then your deer story would have made sense. That's why I said it. Because people went there to see like, deer. We're watching deer. <laughs> we're watching deer and breathing heavily over and over again. I love deer. <laughs> ah, I really hope I see one tonight. Ah. It's just got really weird. <laughs> Those poor deer don't know what coming. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I would be more scared to to do something in my driveway because oh, and my mom like you know tried to wait up for me all the time and she would peek her little head she could peek through there and see exactly what i was doing i would never do that uh-uh yeah, yeah i have broken up with every well i say every boyfriend both boyfriends my ex-boyfriend <laughs> and uh arnold that one time in my driveway oh my driveway is like cursed i don't like my driveway it's a bad place <laughs> it is my parents are building a new house so we're getting rid of it perfect it's good it's gone. just tear that thing up yeah it's gone <laughs> so you were like uh we're over but thanks for the ride see ya yeah no i i i had called him i like had been like avoiding talking to him i was being that that girl and i had like avoided talking to him and he had like called me to be like ghosting before it was a thing kind of like i like 
I wasn't completely avoiding him, but I was like doing the whole like one word answers, like text kind of thing. And like we hadn't, we had had like a massive fight a couple of days before. And I just was like not wanting to even chat with him. So I ended up breaking up with him with my mom, like listening, listening in, standing by. Yeah, my mom like came, she like saw me sitting outside and she was like, and you know mom intuition she like came Standing outside and, like, with the ice cream she, she was, like 10, 10 feet away as i was like sitting there in like the fetal position trying to do this and like Aww. have her not listen to me at the same time so sad that was ridiculous mama she's so good moms they try so hard to help they do i don't know what i'll be like as a mom i hope i am cool <laughs> well i think you will be i don't know i might be very invasive we'll see well, I want to be all up in their biz. You can be invasive, but they don't have to know it. That's true. They're sneaky. You can a be like a little security snake. cameras on their things. Yeah. I'm not going to let them have a phone until they're like 16. They're going to be the weird kid. Just kidding. They'll be like eight when they have a phone. I know. They'll probably be like an infant. <laughs> By the time you have kids, like technology will be so far that you'll have like an instant access into their eyes and see what they're It'll seeing. It'll be like Black Mirror. Yeah. It'll be like Black Mirror. Just going to implant something into their brain as soon as they're born so I can just bloop, pick it up on my iPad, see what they're doing. Where you at? Yeah. yeah. What you doing? Like, you lying to me? Uh-uh. You at Tommy's? I see you. <laughs> oh, I see you I at see Tommy's. I see you at Tommy's house. <laughs> I see you. And Brittany is it? You know I don't like Brittany. Oh, gosh. I know it. <laughs> what a vivid. Yeah. But yeah. Picture. You just being married, for us. being married is great. I highly, highly suggest it when you all find the right person. <clears throat> I was going to say, like, when it comes to people telling you the first year of marriage is hard or having a baby is hard or any really anything in life. If somebody has trouble with something in their life, they want to tell you that you're going to have trouble with the yeah. same thing. Yeah. That's, that's probably very true. So yeah. anybody that so, says the first year of marriage is the hardest, like they, there might be something to that, but also it's just, like, it depends on the couple. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Like, it totally, it totally depends on the couple. And I think people also have different ideas of what is hard. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe for them, compromise is hard. And it can be, it it can be really hard, but, uh, for me, compromising isn't, uh, you know, not to like toot my own horn or anything, but a lot of time I feel like I will give in first. Like, well, and that sounds like I'm just like, whatever. You're not a pushover. Right. right? But But I, I, I just, I'm a little more like easygoing with that kind of thing. Like I don't. I don't have my mind set on a lot of certain things. Yeah. So I'm just like, that's fine. If you want to do it that way, cool. So I don't I'm know, the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a bad thing, though. You like what I think you like. People you call know that what you want. Rigid. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad thing. I'm just, I don't, I'm just more like, whatever. I don't yeah. care. You know, kind of a thing. Um, really quick going back yeah. to, oops, I keep bumping. Um, when you guys broke up the first time, mm-hmm. well, the only time. Yeah. Um, you said you needed to learn how to respect yourself. Yeah. How did you do that? How did it go? Um, again, it had to do a lot with my spirituality. It had to do a lot with the way I was raised and, you know, I was raised to be a Christian. I was raised to believe in the Lord. And, um, I think for a lot of people growing up and when you're trying to figure out who you are as a person, a lot of times you lose sight of your faith. You're just trying a bunch of things, especially for me, um, growing up in such a conservative house. Um, I didn't do anything. Um, I was the great kid. Like I wasn't a good kid. I was a great kid. I was home before curfew. Um, 
I had supervised like dates for a while. I never drank. I never did drugs. Still have never done drugs. Um, didn't have sex. Like I, I was pretty much your perfect kid. I did whatever my parents wanted, whenever they wanted, however they wanted at all times. Um, so I think when like I moved out and kind of like was doing my own thing and like was under their super, like I wasn't under their supervision. I still wasn't doing a lot of those things, but I still like, you know, when you're at home, you have your parents getting you up and saying, let's go to church. Uh, and then on Wednesday nights, you got to go to Bible study and they're driving you there. And I think it's just when I hit college age and my early 20s, I just, I lost sight of that, of what was important. I was more focused on career, boyfriends, um, friends, having a good time, staying out late, making memories. Like I wasn't concerned about going to church. I didn't want to get up early. Uh, I didn't want to have to spend time in the word. You know, I didn't want to have to do those things. And it made me a less kind person. It made me more aggravated. It made me point out faults in a lot of people that I thought was there. And the real problem was me. It was just me. And it was me not having my heart set on the right things. And that is my relationship with Christ. I mean, he's the number one thing in my life. And I've noticed when I put him first, things just fall into place. Um, so that what I did was I just, I started focusing more on my relationship with Christ. It was going to church. Instead of just going to go, I was listening. I was taking notes. It wasn't just going through the motions. It was trying to really listen and be receptive and have that open posture, that willing posture to accept the word and accept the teaching and to really apply it to my life instead of just going and just listening and sitting and then going on and doing whatever for the rest of the week and totally not um, remembering or paying attention or applying whatever was said that Sunday to my week. Um, and this, Arnold did the same thing. So that really brought us closer together as soon as we um, just really started realizing what was important and that was our faith. So uh, it definitely teaches you a lot about yourself. Um, it teaches you that you are a child of God. You're God's kid and he loves you and he created you beautifully and wonderfully and for a purpose. And I lost sight of that. I just did. I was so focused on pleasing other people and doing what I wanted. Like I just, I lost sight of what was important, like what was most important to me. So it's, I've, and I fall off the track all the time. I'm guilty of doing it all the time. Um, but I just actually recently got a tattoo that says surrender on my forearm. And, uh, I that was something I actually tried to really hard, uh, last year, starting in about January or, uh, July, I made it, made a decision in my head. I was like, this is going to be your year of surrender. You're going to give up control. You're going to give up this idea of perfection. You're going to give up what, like, you're going to give up people's standards for you. You're going to give up thinking you have to do this certain thing to be accepted. Um, there's a lot of unspoken pressure that I put on myself to achieve great things, to make a name for myself. And um, those things are material. I realized for me that they are. Um, they're only temporary. They're fleeting. And there's not much substance to them. So as soon as I started giving over that control and just saying, God, Whatever you want to do with my life, that's fine. If I struggled for six, seven years in the music industry to just understand it a little bit better so that my husband can progress and do better 
and him be able to speak to me and maybe understand what he's trying to tell me, that's fine. If that's your will for me, fine. If you want me to move up in the church and be a worship leader, fine. If you don't want me to be an artist anymore, fine. Whatever it is that you want, I will do. If you want me to go on a stage in front of 30,000 people every night, I'll do it. Just whatever you want. And I've just recently, I've noticed that the more that I have been giving him back control and showing him that I trust him, he's been blessing me and rewarding me for it. And I got this little tattoo here to remind me to constantly surrender and it's been working out okay. I mean, for some people, I don't have the glamorous life that a lot of people have expected for me to have. You know, they were expecting me to turn into this huge person with this big career and making all this money. Nashville pop star. Yeah, they were just, they had such high expectations. And I think a lot of us, like, you feel inadequate if you don't get that big gig, if you don't work with that big name, or you don't have this big news to share. It's like, what am I doing with my life? But that stuff's not important. You do what makes you happy. You do what you feel you are called to do and like what your pur- what you feel your purpose is. And I was doing the opposite for so long. I was doing what I thought other people wanted me to do for forever. And the past year, I just started focusing on what I had felt for years that God was telling me to do. And so far it's worked out. I've never been happier in my life. Yay. Never. Yeah, yeah, it's been really, really, really cool. And I'm not trying to turn this into any like sermon or anything, but it's, it is, it's totally, it's just, it's totally true. Like as soon as I just said, that's it, I'm done fighting you, you take control. It just seemed all these things, all these opportunities um, just fell into my lap and I have just been tremendously blessed by it. And I'm so thankful. And I would suggest that to anybody, (laughs) even if you're not spiritual, just, uh, you know, even if you don't believe in God, maybe do a little bit of soul searching into what you want instead of doing what other people want you to do or what you feel like society expects of you. Just do what makes you happy. Yeah, listen to your heart. It's very cliche, but it's... Listen to it's, your it's, heart. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very cliche, cliche but, but it, I, mean, I mean, it is true. Yeah. It really is true. It's where happiness really lies, I think. Word. Yeah. I love that. Thanks. <laughs> Anything to say over there? Nope. It's just chilling in his Zelda socks. Well, this was excellent. Yo, thanks, thanks for having me. me. This was cool. I loved it. Me too. You're so sweet. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> All right. It's great. <laughs> okay, well, thanks so much. No, thank and you. um Yeah, yeah y'all. Cool Hope you're first, entertained. Cool first episode. I think yeah. it was just cool to like I mean you, our guest today. Helga. I, I bet you haven't like ever really just spent that much time talking about yourself and like kind of no i'm sure i was really awkward i know i said um no. and i lost my train of thought a lot no <laughs> no i think it's cool i think it was probably it, it was cool for us to listen and i think it was probably good for you to talk about all that stuff yeah, because i bet you haven't different. done it before i haven't yeah. thought about that some of that stuff in a really long time a really long time well i'm glad we could bring you some good yeah maybe have a little walk down memory lane yeah it was nice i liked it me too it was fun i'm gonna go home and think about that later tonight oh lord no no what? no no <laughs> just just like later tonight we did a great like, job being not it. awkward until right <laughs> now <laughs> <sighs> that was awesome oh, oh god <laughs> <laughs> okay well Thanks, thanks, Eric. Thanks for sharing your story. Yes, yeah. thank you. <laughs> well, um, tune in next episode. I don't know how long that'll be, but next time. We'll yeah. see you then. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.